Corner podcast. Very exciting podcast that we have for you guys today. Luis and I are joined by Josh Klein, aka Mr. Props, who joined us back in December for our Holiday Bracket podcast. He's back on today. Uh, we spoke all things Super Bowl, previewed the matchups just in terms of you know, a scheme focus, and then also in terms of a betting focus, you know, covered all kinds of props and yardage and receptions and touchdown catches and first touchdowns and even got into a debate about the color of the Gatorade bath at the end of the game. Also started the podcast off talking some college basketball, um, finished up at the end with a little NBA talk, um, you know, MVP odds and all that different stuff. So very exciting podcast for you guys, and we hope you enjoy, and we're going to cut right into the interview or the conversation with Josh right now. They should, for the college basketball season, they should just, uh, they should have only been playing in conference games. When you have like these kids like flying like across the country, like playing like these interleague games, it just like doesn't make any sense. Like it, it like, if Duke's done, if, my, if Coach K's done one thing right this year, which he hasn't, <laughs> I mean, if he's done one thing right, it was pulling Duke out of like all their like, like interleague games and just playing their ACC schedule. It would just make like a like lower the risk by a ton. It's because yeah. they started. It's because they started losing them. That's why. No, I mean, yeah. And then, and then, and then Nate Oates, the guy from Bama, is like, "Yeah, bro, it's because you're freaking losing them, man. Like, don't don't act like you're tough crap and care about society." That was when a good press conference. Yeah. Nate Oates literally came down. I was like, "Yeah, bro," but I mean, it's gonna be a mess. I'm just saying, like. For instance, let me just give you an example. Like this is a, a like an obvious example, and I'm sorry I'm using it, but I'm going to. So Xavier is, I think it's nine and two right now. No, or like we're eleven and two because we just got eligible. We've lost to Creighton by like single wow. digits, right, and then we lost to uh, Seton Hall, blew us out the water. So whatever, but we beat Oklahoma by like twenty, and Oklahoma is like really good this year. So then we're going to go in to Selection Sunday. More than likely, let's say there's no conference tournament. Why and, what? Are they having a conference tournament? I thought they are. They're, they're probably not going to because it's such a, the, the risk. A lot of, like, I've read that a lot of ADs are, like, don't want it. And, I mean, the conferences do. But, I mean, if teams start pulling out, for instance, like UConn, UConn has probably the most cancellations in the Big East or postponements. And so, for example, Xavier isn't playing Kamara versus DePaul, and we're not playing against Villanova. So that's already two games are out because we're shut down seven days. And that's without counting other programs that are going to get shut down. We, not might be, we might not play for like two or three weeks. We just got off a three-week layoff. So let's say they win, they play three more games and they win one and lose two. They'll go into selection Sunday 12-4 and four with really good, like a really good win over Oklahoma, a good mid-major win over Toledo. Like where are you going to seed them? Like yeah. the seating's just going to be a mess. Well, the, so the way that it should work is, I think I agree. Just don't have the conference tournaments. Have your regular season champion. That's the auto bid. They get the auto bid. Regular season champion for the conference, whatever. Then you have selection Sunday. All the at large bids and all the automatic bids you get in, and then they can bubble for two weeks, three weeks, and then they can have the tournament with no problems. I think that would be like the smartest way to do it to ensure you have a tournament and to actually have the safety of these kids who are still not getting paid. So, I mean, they're really putting themselves still at risk for this. I, I really think that would be the more ethical thing to do, but 
NCAA and the ethics don't really – those two things don't really go together. So. Well, I mean, well, but I mean, did you see more important news yesterday? EA is coming back with the college football video game. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I still fire up my 360 every once in a while, and it sounds like I'm in a wind tunnel. My, bro- <laughs> my brother plays the living hell out of NCAA, like 14 or 15. I uh, it's an incredible game. Come home, he's playing that game. Doing dynasty I'm, modes, I, I think he's done a dynasty mode with literally every single. <laughs> I I had a U I had a UTSA uh UTSA one that I that I took them to the championship a couple of years in a row, and I I've had a couple other ones that like sometimes I get to a certain point where uh it kind of loses its novelty and I'll start up a new one. But exactly. I hope well, they, I hope they don't uh just make like copy and paste the Madden game and slap college players on it slap the ncaa or whatever whatever they're calling i think it's ea sports college football mm-hmm. and just slap that on i hope if they actually take the time because it's still not going to be for another few years anyway um, right uh, as someone that has madden it's awful so i really hope they don't copy and paste it for uh for- bro, Ma- bro madden be so dumb i swear to god you could just like if you can read zone coverage and man coverage you'll be like okay like, there's literally, like, one play. I literally run the Chiefs. No, not the Chiefs, the Raiders. You put Henry Ruggs in the slot, and if they're running cover three, you put them on a, on a, on a, on a fly route. That man will get open 99% of the time. So all you just have to do is just tap the button and chuck it. On the college shit, um, these players aren't very smart either. Like, I won't oh, disclose. God, no. I, I will not disclose any information, but I have seen some very questionable actions in the past couple months regarding some college athletes uh you can infer or you can uh you know you can deduce that listeners uh i, I am on ground so i, they, I they need to bring jp mccura back into the into the fold to uh to put the boys in line bro my boy jp my boy my boy jp he, he out there making money in turkey they're all gonna go out there wearing long sleeve under armor shirts in tight <laughs> But that, that made a true go. I helped him out in uh, stats class fr- freshman year. He we, we were partners for the whole semester. He was like, you, oh, we're partners. And he literally invited me over to his apartment at like 2 a.m. after a, a game, and we were grinding out some stats. We, we He got a B, and I got an A, so. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> GPA, baby. GPA. But who's ready for this weekend, though? Are we ready for the, for the game on Sunday? I am – I, I, I'm. I mean, my bank account isn't ready for the game on Sunday, but I'm. I'm ready to watch. I, I'm. I genuinely like this. I. I'm. I just find this game very intriguing on so many different levels. I. I, I haven't decided on who I'm picking yet. Um, I might throughout the course of this podcast, to be honest. But. I mean, I'm gonna tell you now. Are, are we starting? Are we doing this? Is that? Are we moving to this first? Yeah, or you guys want to into the uh, the Super Bowl talk here? All right. Uh, the the pick is to not make a pick <laughs> because listen would you rather bet against tom brady or bet against patrick mahomes both of those options sound awful i would no matter knowing myself when no matter what i pick i'll be sitting there in the middle of the third quarter thinking to myself why the hell did i do that why the hell <laughs> i mean reason reason says you look at the game and you see Tom Brady getting three points and you jump all over it. Tom Brady getting points in the Super Bowl. I mean, like it doesn't really get much better than that. But then you look on the other side 
And you got Mahomes, who's going out, going out there, defying logic, breaking all the rules, bending space and time in the pocket, outside of the pocket, running down the field, Tyreek and Kelsey out there wreaking havoc. Uh, it's just, it's, there's too many variables. It's Tampa's at home. I mean, it's just, it's too much for me to, to actually pick a winner of the game. You know, this is my, I think this is what I think. Look, and this is my opinion. I, I've watched a lot of Bucks games because, uh, you know, I mean, Josh has probably watched a lot of Bucks games because, like, we're in division. We get to see him twice a year. So we, we, we see a lot of we, – we see the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Bucks. My, my team doesn't deserve any of my respect. So, but keep going. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, I can't wait to see y'all run it back. So you're, y'all actually got a chance at division next year, which is – I'm really happy for y'all. Like, if there's one team to beat them next year, it's you guys. So I, it pains me to say, but go Falcons next year. Go Saints always. But, I mean, just beat the freaking Bucks. But – um. Well, I mean, this is what it is. Um, I truly believe that Tampa's defense is overrated. Their DBs are probably the biggest trash this league has. They think that by holding Devontae Adams to, like, a couple catches and stopping Michael Thomas, like, is amazing. Even though Michael Thomas had two torn deltoid ligaments in his ankles and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, they just weren't on the same page. And so Tyreek Hill's just going to whip out and just run all over him. Kelsey's going to run all over him. And the only reason I'm not making, like, sure the pick is because the man who's on number 12 on the other side. If number 12 wasn't on the other side, quarterback in that team, oh, Kansas City by, by Hancho. Kansas City by a million. But, you know, the Bucks, uh, they got a guy, his name's Tom Brady, and I think we have to – we have to start putting him in a class of like one of the greatest athletes ever with uh, Jordan, LeBron, and you know, Ali. Ali, yeah, Tyson. Like, he's. We're doing, talking about Brady? Tiger. Yeah, Tiger. He's doing things that like it's not supposed to happen. Like, this I will say, I think, yeah, it's obviously incredible that he's playing this well at such an old age, but. The, as we advance with medicine and technology and everything, you know, he's got all these advanced diets and weird TB12 stuff he does. And you see the same thing with LeBron doing, you know, sleeping in a Cairo chamber or whatever the hell it is. These athletes, just as time progresses, they have so much more technology and, and just treatment available to them, you know, on a 24 seven basis where, you know, you see LeBron spends over a million dollars just on his body, you know, in, in a year, you know, just, I don't want to get into the MJ LeBron thing, but imagine if MJ had the freaking, you know, he was out there smoking cigars, playing 18 holes of golf every day in the hot sun before games, you know, and even in the playoffs or going gambling and stuff. Uh, you know, if he had the, if he had all the medicine and the, the physical therapy and the training available to him, or you look at even guys way back in the day, you know, Kareem and, I don't know, Joe Namath, all these guys. I just think that, yes, it is very impressive that he's still playing at such a high level at, at such an age, but I think we're going to start seeing this more often with athlete athletes moving forward in the future, playing into their forties. You know, I can see Mahomes playing till he's 45 or whatever, Man, maybe not 45. That's, that's up there, but you know, early forties, like, like Brady is. Um, 
I don't know. Have you guys seen those videos of Babe, Babe Ruth's training sessions? Like when he was like in the league, he's got like a guy like throwing a medicine ball on his stomach. Like it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like he probably came out of every lifting session with a cracked rib or two. Right? But like, I, I agree. There's been a, a huge advancement in medicine, but, but going back to the Bucks, uh, you know, they, uh, I gotta, I gotta uh, agree with the part, with the point about the D-backs. You know, they are. I think they've allowed the seventh most explosive pass plays in the league, which I think it, it's plays over twenty yards through the air. They've allowed the seventh most of those uh, throughout the season. Now, Antoine Winfield is coming back. Uh, that is a big deal for them in the secondary. He's going to be roping around there. But you know, the the corners, Sean Murphy Bunting, kind of took a step back a little bit this year, and. You know, I think the big key to the game for them, at least, is limiting Travis Kelsey, whatever that means. Right. Because, you know, he's going to go out there. He's going to get his like 11 catches for 148 yards. And, you know, you might just have to live with that because that's what the, that's what he's going to do. Or you can commit Devin White to him, have him roving on him the entire, the entire, the entire length of the game. He's one of the fastest linebackers, if not the fastest linebacker in the league, and it's incredible in zone and man coverage. And then just let Hardman and Tyree Kill pick you apart, which you know they're going to do. And it's also about getting Shaq Barrett off the edge, getting him in, getting Mahomes in trouble. Mahomes, the Chiefs, they have two offensive linemen out, including Eric Fisher, the starting left tackle. I think he tore his Achilles, Mm -hmm. so he's not playing. We don't really know what it's going to be like. Of course, I don't want to count out Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to dial up whatever offense they're going to dial up. It's going to be either short and intermediate in the pass game, rolling Mahomes out of the pocket, whatever they're going to do. It's just going to come down to are the Bucs going to scheme against a weak offensive line, and then how are the Chiefs going to respond to that? Well, I mean, going to your point, Josh, I mean, you've seen the Bucks play. We've both seen a lot of KC play. And I kind of feel like the Saints brought the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. Like that Saints game, like, yeah, the Saints may have lost, but the defense called that game that, okay, we're going to rush forward and we're going to put those safeties all the way back. And if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to run the football and hit us intermediate. And, you know, if it's not for Mahomes doing Mahomes things, you know, you know, that, that game could have been way different. And the fact is, I just feel like if you're, if you're Tampa, Todd Bowles cannot blitz. Todd Bowles, you can't be doing these dumb little zone blitzes on second down and, like, first down because you're just going to get picked to shreds. JPP, JPP going to need to have a, a Giants-esque game. We're going to have JPP and Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea. Vita Vea got to eat everything inside on the run. And, I mean, Levante David, I think, is more important than Devin White because I think – I think he's going to draw the assignment on uh, on Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, that's one of the biggest things. That Chiefs O-line isn't very good. They're very grabby. They're very grabby. And I can't remember what game I was watching, but I just remember, like, they were like – I think it was the Denver game or Tampa that they were just, like, so grabby. It was hold after hold after hold after hold. So, I mean, if as, as D-linemen, you got to get pressure with the front three, with that front three, and, you know, you got to hold up in the back end. And, I mean – that back end just isn't good. Antoine, Antoine Whitfield is good, but, I mean, he's still a rookie. I mean, some of these guys don't haven't, haven't played in this game. You know, Kansas City got that championship DNA. They've been there. Like, they, they were there last year. They, they've been together. They know when it gets tough. They know how to get out of it. Tampa's a young team, and I think it was a big, uh, big quote that came out today was, uh, 
that Levante David, I mean, I mean, Josh can attest to this as a, a, a NFC South fanatic. Levante David has been one of the most underrated, underappreciated linebackers in the whole league, like sideline to sideline. And they, they said that he was crying in the locker room after winning the NFC championship, which I mean is okay. But then Tom's like, why the hell are you crying? You haven't won crap. Like you just won the NFC South. And that's a big, the NFC, that's a big thing. A lot of these guys, have been on losing football teams and they think, Oh my God, we made it to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. They may get shell shocked for Tom. This is just another game. It's a little walking apart. Yeah. Stakes are, are hired, but I mean, well, I mean, like I kind of, I kind of understand what you're saying. I mean, it is a bunch of young guys, the guys that were been on losing teams, guys that lost in a lot of tragic and demoralizing ways at the hands of Jameis Winston, their own quarterback. So, I mean, that's very true, but you do have Brady in there. And, you know, everyone was saying this at the beginning of the playoffs. And then what did they do? They went on the road and beat Washington. They went on the road and beat uh, – who they who'd they beat in the second round? Oh, the Saints. Sorry. Yeah, they went on the road. Sorry. That was that was supposed to be a dig at you. So, they went on the road to Washington and, and won. They In the cold. The boys in the boys from down in Florida. They went in the cold. They beat Heineke. They beat that. They beat Heineke, who actually played pretty well. They went to New Orleans, a, a team that had blown them out, blown them out twice in the regular season. Went in there and, and beat them pretty well. Now, Drew Brees' Drew, Drew Brees's health. I mean, that was up to question, but I really don't think he was up to snuff the entire year and still put up those numbers on him. On, on, uh, on them in the regular season. And then they went into the frozen tundra and beat Aaron Rodgers. I mean, no one's supposed to be able to go into Lambeau Field in freezing cold temperatures and beat Aaron Rodgers in his own house, especially those boys from Tampa, Florida, who've never played it, who had never played in a meaningful game. So I don't really know exactly how much of a factor that play, that's playing anymore because they went in three times and have already beat teams impressively. But I disagree. I, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a disagree with to with that point because i mean in the new orleans game new orleans had a chance to put the door on them they were about to put the door on them and a play was made and i mean like yeah okay but that was that game was like okay it was much more in the balance but i was watching that green bay game and it wasn't that tampa won i think it was more that green bay and the coaching staff lost that game it wasn't that oh, that Tampa was just a better team. I just thought penalties and just dumb play calling. And, I mean, something that – I mean, it's that 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 fourth and goal play, the field goal is going to be a play that we're going to talk about, which, I mean, it's one of those plays that if it works and you get the ball back, the coach is a genius. Okay, but, I mean, yes, but you still have to, A, score the freaking touchdown. I think they're on the 10-yard line. And then get the two-point conversion and then go win in overtime. Like – how about you just play better throughout the entire game? And, you know, I, I don't want to get into the to the to the dynamics and coaching decisions of that, but I think I'd have to say that they should have gone for it because would you rather try to go tie the game right then and there or go from a touchdown game to a touchdown game and give the ball back to Tom Brady in the playoffs? So I don't want to get into too much of that, but I think the biggest coaching blunder of that entire game was there at the end of the first half, that Scotty Miller bomb where they, where they weren't even playing prevent defense. They were just playing a regular hat on a hat defense. They were, they just let them run right past them. It's just like, 
Remember well, the, the the Raiders Hail Mary? I was going to say they, they took a out of that. It was exactly the same thing. I mean, Mike Pettin should have been fired in the locker room of halftime after that. I think that's what really decided the game because I think it went from uh, a a four point game to an 11 point game at that point. So I think that's really where that game went off the hinges. But, but, but I think the point that that's trying to be made is that Tampa had every opportunity to lose in both those games. And Brady had three picks on the second half, but you know, I, I really think that, that, that it's, the team has DNA to go and, you know, go against adversity when a lot of teams are counting them out, because I think they've shown it a couple times this year. I mean, they beat the breaks off of the Packers at the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of times people have picked against them. And, you know, there was a lot of rumbling about, you know, Brady and Arians not having the best relationship and, and, and some maybe conflict in the locker room and the wide receiver room, who's going to get the ball. There's too many mouths to feed. So I really think they've gone through a lot of that. And I think that does give them an edge going into the game. I think there's a lot of people that are counting them out because of, Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid so I think it's something to be scared of but at the same time you have Chiefs and Mahomes and Reid on the other side so I just think you really just need to stay away from the line and just go with the props I I agree hammer the props heavily I will ask are either of you putting any stock in the fact that it is a home game for the Bucs I I think the Chiefs are heading down to Florida on Thursday or Friday where where the Bucs are kind of just approaching it as you know a normal Sunday late afternoon game are you guys putting any stock in that or or no I mean I I gotta say no because I don't know if you guys saw but you know the Bucs released a statement they're not going to be firing the cannons from from the from the ship you know what that necessarily means I don't really know but like you know I'm not gonna go out there and say that 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 is going to be a massive blow and a problem and a psych out factor for the chiefs or, or against Patrick Mahomes, because I'm never going to hold anything against Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. I mean, I, I just can't think that something like that or anything barring an injury could actually affect his focus in the game. Um, you know, they've gone on the road and beaten teams have soundly on the road. They've they've gone in big games and flexed their muscles. I mean, they really this should really be their third straight Super Bowl had it not been for what happened with D Ford. I mean, I, I'm really not gonna go out there and say that the home the fact that it's a home game and the Bucks are gonna be in their home locker room and they're gonna be driving from their homes, but when they're actually not, I've been pretty sure a lot of teams even at home games stay at a hotel the night before the game and then they go on a bus together. So, you know, it's, I really not going to hold a lot of weight to it. There's also only going to be like 20,000 fans there, maybe most of them frontline workers. So like, I I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. No, I agree. I I really, it's, it's a Super Bowl. Like when you get down, like playoff games, it's about who wakes up on the right side of the bed. It doesn't matter if you got home field. I mean, you can be the best team in the league. Like, I mean, we've seen it year in, year out. You can be the best team in the league, and all it takes is one bad day, and, I mean, you're out. It's just like – you got to bring your A game because nobody makes it to the playoffs by luck. I mean, it's very rare that one team makes it that it's just like, oh, we're bad. Like, even Washington, like – No, as a Bears fan, I can say we did not – we got in the playoffs by luck, and we sucked ass. I mean, when it, when it comes to big games like this, it's about who can get those, those plays and those bounces that are going to go their way and home field advantage 
or being in your home stadium in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl doesn't really have that much of an effect on it. I mean, who's going to go out there and who's going to muff the ball and who's going to come up with the ball at the bottom of the pile? Who's going to run out with those trick plays? Who's going to catch that pass that's deflected and between three guys and somehow come up with it? What Which coach between Bruce Arians and Andy Reid, who are, have both have testicles of that are ironclad, who's going to go out there and who's going to – gonna make a call that's just gonna make everyone say what the hell are we doing god god josh that that like whatever you just said i just want to run through a freaking wall man like, <laughs> like that, that's a you know type thing you know all right let's well, get mean, that's, it's about when you when it comes to these games you have to get lucky oh 100 you have to get lucky throughout the entire playoffs it's just the way it works in sports i know as a yankee fan <laughs> to move to baseball we've we've had a world series caliber team we've just been unlucky the past few years and a lot of it just comes down to luck but and it's about capitalizing on that luck too and about the other team not capitalizing on their luck i mean that happened last week with the with the bucks tom brady with the three second half picks and i think two of the picks resulted in ended up ha- resulting in packers three and outs mm-hmm. so yeah, like you, really you, you gotta get you, i mean there's you'd rather be lucky than good sometimes right so i mean that's what it's going to come down to who's going to get those lucky plays and usually you think like oh like the dog like an underdog that like everyone's counting against them but both these teams have the mahomes factor and the brady factor mahomes is going to go out there and do his little old man like run in between like the like in between the huddle i don't know if you guys saw that quote someone's kyle shanahan said don't let that fool you i think his little old man run where he looks like he's hurt mm-hmm. and then you got brady going down there staring at people staring at the refs and like they turn to stone because he's got like the medusa look so like i don't want to bet against that either like those, those both sound terrible Guess what we're betting on this weekend, though? I got to go. You know, the real thing, you know, what sucks about the Super Bowl, but now it doesn't, is that, you know, only one team wins. So there's 29, 31 fan bases that end up mad. It's But the way a fan base wins is by the props, the freaking props. People love us some props. Yeah, let's – yeah, so let's start talking about, I guess, some props that we – or some betting plays that we're interested in this weekend because – I do believe this is the single most wagered on sporting event of the year. Maybe um, I think NCAA March Madness, which is a collection of, of games is maybe more, but it's certainly one of the most, if not the most popular betting event of this, of the year. Um, we already said we're not very interested in betting on the game, but there's still plenty of opportunities to make some money um, via props. Obviously we have Mr. Props on here with us today. Klein, what is your favorite prop for this game that you're willing to give away before, you know, you, you post everything, your article um, today on this Wednesday leading up to the game? You know, I, I'm, I'm a giving person. I'm, I'm going to give more than one. How about that? Does that, does that sound okay? I like it. I like it. <laughs> so uh, my, my first one I like, I really like is uh, Tampa to record the first sack at minus 155. You're going to think minus 155, like that's, that's terrible odds, like minus 155. But trust me, there's a lot of odds in here that you're going to be like, that you're going to see on books and you'll be like, that's clearly going to happen. But the odds are just minus 200 plus this minus 155, I think is really good value. Like I said before, you have a Tampa defensive front with Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett, and Adamican Sue going up against a Chiefs offensive line that is banged up to say the least and suspect. 
Now you got Eric Fisher, like I said, left tackle, torn Achilles. He's not playing in the game. They're going to have to put someone else in there, someone that has not played in the Super Bowl before, mm-hmm. right? And I said maybe, you know, the Chiefs might, like, might play, like, a more intermediate offense, get the ball out of Mahomes' hands faster because of the pressure coming and the experience of the offensive line. But w- looking at the flip side, you have Brady on the other side who, you know, you're saying, saying well, the Chiefs could sack Brady first. Listen, Brady is going to get rid of the ball if he senses trouble. He is not going to extend the play at all. He can't move his feet mm-hmm. at all. So if he senses pressure, he's not going to try to extend the play outside of the pocket and then maybe hold on to the ball too long. The only way he's getting sacked is if somebody screams off the edge on his blind side. They have two cornerstone tackles. They have worse the, the rookie who's just been incredible. I think he's an 88 in Madden right now. Like that's how good he is, which is, I know that, that isn't a measure of like, of like actual football talent, but like, that's what people are seeing. He's an 88 overall Madden. I mean, like he is a very good player. I don't know how many, sa- I think he's, I think Brady is like one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that's a combination of the offensive line and his ability to sense pressure and get rid of the ball. I think Mahomes is more likely to grab the ball in the pocket, sense pressure, and try to roll out and get caught from behind. So I think that would result in the first sack. We also keep in mind that um, that Mahomes does have a toe injury that he's mm-hmm. been. He's got turf. He basically has turf toe, which apparently is incredible. One of the worst injuries you can actually have. It linger, it's lingering and can flare up like randomly throughout the game, throughout the day. I saw he was running like a, a shoe size that was like one size too big, so it can fit the the foot plate in there. You know they're going to inject him with so many painkillers before the game and at halftime and everything. Tordal. We're going to give that man some Tordal. He's going to be – he's going to be – He does, he he does need Tordal. Anything in his toe. One prop I, I've been eyeing, actually, on, on, on DraftKings here is, is uh, Daryl Williams, over two and a half receptions at plus 145. There's actually some value there. Um I let you guys mentioned, you know, the linebackers with Tampa, maybe being able to somewhat contain Kelsey or contain, you know, limit him to 10 catches instead of 11, um, but maybe do some damage there. And I think, you know, the chiefs run a lot of these dink and dunk plays and just slowly move the ball down the field. And they'll hit you with that one deep shot. I can really see, you know, Daryl Williams going out in the flat, boom, Mahomes just check down pass two, three times. All you, all you have to do is three, three catches. He's had, four catches I think three or four times already um he didn't play in the first game against Tampa but that's what I'm looking and there's some value there at plus 145 Mm -hmm. you know I I think that ascribes to the same idea I was talking about with the intermediate offense because of the offensive line the the little quick passes so so Mahomes doesn't get put under pressure so he can sit back there and dissect but something that kind of worries me about it is you got Hilaire healthy you have Le'Veon Bell healthy playing in the game. You got you got Hardman that they got coming around, like around the backside of the, of the field, getting a reverse, getting a pitch. You have Tyreek Hill doing the same thing. So, you know, you're limiting some of the action that's coming out of the backfield with guys that are coming on bubble screens in motion. So, like, oh, that's kind of something that would worry me about that. It depends kind of 
how the game is flowing also that with uh, something like that happening, because, you know, if they're moving quickly, maybe Daryl Williams uh, is in the game because he's more of a pass catcher than Hilaire. But, um, you know, if the game's really slow, they might want to, they might want to slow the game down a little bit with the offensive line banged up, then you're going to see more Hilaire in there. So it just amount, it just is going to matter how they're motioning guys in, how they're, the game's flowing and how the offensive line is performing. Yeah, that, that's probably the exact reason why it's, you know, plus odds and mm-hmm. it's more of a value pit. You don't, you don't want to put too much on there. Mm-hmm. What about first touchdown picks? Any, any players you like for a first touchdown? I mean, I think, you know, it's really a crapshoot when you, when you look at uh, the Chiefs team because I think it might, this game might be a matter of who gets the ball first. Because who gets the ball first? I know that sounds dumb, but who gets the ball first might go down and score. Now, the Bucs sometimes struggle on their first possession. They didn't in Green Bay, so that's something to look at. But the Green Bay defense is far worse than the Chiefs defense, and that's kind of saying something, right? So, you know, it just might matter who, depending on who gets the ball first. But, you know, I always like going with, with Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill has, like, eight awesome. or nine, like, red zone touchdowns this year yeah he's plus 650 um what was i gonna say the the chiefs are infamous for you know falling behind early in playoff games so there is some value with going with with a buck and I, i'm looking at i mean this is a long shot but cameron Brait plus where he's 22 to 1 um you know little tight i think he had a touchdown in the game against uh against green bay if they move, if they work the ball, have a slow drive, use a lot of Fournette, get down first and goal situation, tight end's always an option. I took Dawson Knox in the Chiefs game, um, and he, and he, that hit. Uh, so there's tight value with the tight end. I will Gronk, say Gronk has two catches in the playoffs. Yeah, not, people but, are people are saying there's some value in Gronk. I just I don't know. The value might be there because, you know, you're in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. The only other person ever be in the Super Bowl with him that he's comfortable with is Gronkowski. So he can rely on Gronkowski to go out there. But, you know, something with the Chiefs struggling early, I mean, I'll read you some of their point totals, like, down the stretch this season, right? So you got 22 points against the Broncos. You got – 17 points against the Falcons, 21 points against the Chargers. I mean, the, the, the starters were out, but 22 points against the Browns. And I know Mahomes was out the last like two possessions for the Chiefs. 38 against the Bills. I mean, that's, that's nice, but like, you got to think this team has not been putting lesser opponents away, right? They, they play down to their competition. So the Tampa defense is not amazing. So, you know, they might play down to their level and think, well, okay, well, we don't have to go win this game from the start, right? We can take our time and pick and like choose our chances. Opportunistic defense is a perfect word to describe the Buccaneers defense. Very opportunistic. Like they can get down, but all it takes for that defense to get, they're a very energy driven defense. If they, they're getting pounded, 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 like their energy, you can sense that they get defeated, but you know, they, they thrive off turnovers. If you get a turnover on them, oh, that just, they, they all see you dead red. And you see that. In the Green Bay game, when they got that pick off of Aaron Rodgers, you saw that in the fumble when they got Jared Cook the fumble and those deep error in that Michael Thomas interception with the Saints game. Like, that team is very opportunistic. Antoine Winfield, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just I, – I'm not expecting much from this game. I, I'm, I'm ready for 
I'm ready for the draft. I'm ready for some free agency. This is Luis says this every year by the Super Bowl since the Saints usually go out in the divisional or the NFC title games. I don't care. I'm ready for the draft. I'm ready to rebuild. For, Luis, the Saints are. I'm sorry, man. The Saints are not. They're gonna have a rough off. It's not gonna be pretty with salary cap situation combined. They have with- the worst cap situation in the NFL. But and I do have something for uh, Mahomes and touchdowns. So I like the Mahomes first touchdown pass over 13 and a half yards. And here's why, because, you know, they are a team in an offense that can explode at any second on any given play. All Tyreek Hill needs to do is get the angle on the edge, on a reverse, Miko Hardman on a reverse in the open field, get one step and they can be gone. So, you know, they could have it on the 32 yard line and Tyreek Hill catches a bubble screen, makes one guy miss, gets a block and he's gone. So over 13 and a half, I think that there's actually a pretty good likelihood that that's going to happen for the for his first touchdown pass. Doesn't have to be the first touchdown of the game, but just Mahomes' first touchdown pass over 13 and a half yards. Are you seeing that on FanDuel or DraftKings? That was on uh, FanDuel. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a that, – that, that's a good one. What are the odds? Plus 115. Really? Mm-hmm. I like so, that. I mean, like when you got like an over-under or something like that, mo- the odds are going to shift – when it's something reasonable, it's going to be between like minus 112 to like minus 125. Right. A lot of times they'll put some bait out there for someone to get like, be like, oh, I saw this so many times. Like DeAndre Hopkins over three and a half catches out like minus 240, right? And so like some sucker takes that and then Mahone, and then DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt or Kylie Murray gets hurt and then they, you get smoked. So a lot of the times like, with these over-unders, it's had pretty good odds. And they love juicing. I know for the playoffs in the Super Bowl, they love juicing up the 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 yardage, the catches, whatever it may be, make it really high because people just love betting overs instead of – it's just boring to bet unders. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, I just saw – you know, I have uh, Travis Kelsey under 100-whatever yards. Oh, he just had a 20-yard catch. I hope he doesn't get anything more. And I'd rather be like, I want to see Kelsey score. I want to see him – like, for example – the over-under for Mahomes completions is 28 and a half. That's a lot. I mean, it's plus 100, so double your money. But mm-hmm. 29 completions, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot of completions. Um, I don't know who the record holder is for completions in a game, but I wouldn't uh, – for in the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes would go out and break that record. But I do have an under pick for you, but it's, a, it's like a happy under, right? Because I have under six and a half punts. Oh, that's a that is a lock. I can't believe um, that that line is so high. I mean, I couldn't name the punter for the Chiefs. I, I don't think I've ever seen him play. <laughs> um, his name is uh, Tommy Townsend. That's right. That's so right. under six and a half. It is minus one forty three. So it's another one of those lines where you're like, ah, risk fifteen pretty much to win ten. Like that's kind of brutal. But like you, like I don't know if Andy Reid and Bruce Arians have ever been in a game where the punts combined for six and a half for over six and a half. Like I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's never happened. I mean, if, if they have any fourth and shorts near midfield at midfield or on the opponent's field, they're, they're probably going to go for it. And if you're in field goal range, it doesn't count. They're not going to punt. So, I mean, like this might be like a battle between Bruce Arians and Andy Reed 
for like who can have a redder face and who can like <laughs> and who can look like they're about to have them like an, an infarction on that on the sideline. So like I think they're going to be this is going to be a staring match between the two of them on who's going to have more balls in this game. And who's going to make, like I said, who's going to make that one decision that if it backfires, oh, oh no, but if it, but if it goes well, it's like, well, that's why you have that ballsy ass coach that's going to go do those things. Luis, any locks you have for players to score a touchdown? Of the, 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 the lowest odds or the highest odds, uh, is it, would it be lowest or highest? Uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are both minus 175. Other than that, everyone has plus odds. So, I mean, deep, good value for all these guys. It's going to be a crapshoot. I mean, just how the way both teams defend. I mean, both are very press-heavy teams. So, I think the game's going to be more uh, more lean towards guys that can get off the, the line and get open. So, like, guys like A.B., Chris Godwin, and um, and what's his name? And Tyree Kill are going to value. But, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a fat man touchdown because both coaches are very, very, you know, ballsy and they make, they have, they, they, they have so many plays. I remember last year they had this weird play against San Francisco. So, I mean, Hey, and everything's on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some left tackle run out wide for a TD. I mean, let's not forget. It's just like the super bowl. What makes a super bowl is a play. There's always a play in every super bowl that we all look at. Oh, what a play. Like last year, we all look back at the Garoppolo overthrow. The year before that was the that was the Eagles. The year before that was the Eagles Patriots game, which we talked about the Philly special. Yeah. And then we had Rams Pats, which there were no exciting plays in that game at all. I'm gonna just say that game was ass, bro. I I I don't I I was like two drinks in, and I wasn't even drunk, and I knew that game was ass. Well, I, I think the game, the play from last year was that Mahomes uh, scramble with that hit Tyree Kill over the middle on that on that uh, on that cross the field route after after being sacked. I think that was was really that that play of the game. And you know, when you got a guy like Mahomes out there who can create something out of thin air, you know, it's just such a hard game. And I reiterate again, stay away from this line. Just stay away. Like it's just. There's plenty of other things to bet on. This way you can enjoy the game for what the game is, have some props on the side, and don't have to worry about the outcome. Now, in terms of the outcome, I do have um, some stuff on margins of margin of victory on both sides. All right, let's hear like, it. I do like – so, you know, Chiefs to win by one to six points plus 250. I like that. Chiefs to win by seven to 12 points – plus 410 and then you sprinkle in Tampa to win by one to six because this game is either going to be a Chiefs decisive one to two score victory or a Tampa victory that's really close in one score that's how I see this game playing out this game could finish 35 to 31 Tampa I could very much I could very well see that happening 35 31 Tampa or this game could end 28 to 10 Chiefs. So, like, it can go either way. Uh, I guess the 28 to 10 wouldn't land in either of those things. But I think it's either going to be a clear Chiefs victory or a tight Tampa victory. What about any novelty props, like heads or tails? I took tails last year. I believe it hit. Mm-hmm. I don't see the the uh, Gatorade color prop on DraftKings yet. That seems like I mean, a one. So it, it's there. Okay. That seems like one that is very easy to rig. 
um, if you're, you know, working for the, for the bucks or whoever wins the game, or you have, you know, uh, you pick the, the, the Gatorade tub. That's the one color you want. Um, that one's always just kind of fun, um, but I got one. I yeah. got, I got one. I, you know, I'm looking for value here. Looking, looking to like, you know, spread it out. So like spread it out. So one of the options is uh, yellow, green, lime. That's one option plus 300. Okay. What, what's the logic behind that? I mean, I think the lot, the only logic is, is that's two colors in one bet. So you get yellow and green. I guess yellow green is like the same color for Gatorade. That's one flavor, the lemon lime, but like, you never know like what they're going in there. Like there's more shades, like blue is clearly blue. Red is clearly red. Clear is clearly clear. Yellow and green. There's more of a spectrum of like, Oh, that's yellow. That's green. So like, you gotta, gotta go with that. Plus 300. Like a lot of the other ones are like only plus 200. So plus 300. So I don't know what, but I'm feeling clear this year and I don't feel like it's been clear for a while. My gut's saying it's going to be water or clear Gatorade. I, that was an option. So, yeah. hey, it's, we're still in COVID, so I don't think we're going to be allowed to like. We got a, we got a social distance, so I don't think we're going. To, it's going to be like six feet. Like, yeah. is there an there should be odds for no Gatorade, uh, no Gatorade bath? No, nah, I'm sure there'll be a Gatorade bath. They don't have the over under for the anthem time, which that one is also easy to. It, it's probably going to be pre recorded. Oh, really? I would imagine a lot of these, a lot of these events have had pre-recorded yeah. uh, anthems. But it is Florida. Hashtag it is Florida. That's a good point. Hey, we know Florida gives no craps about COVID. At the start of COVID, we were down in Florida, and they didn't give no craps down there in Florida. That was before everything got shut down. Was that for spring break? Yeah, that was like the week we were at. We were actually at the Heat Hornets game the day the NBA got shut down. We were watching that game. It was like in the third quarter, and I got a push notification from Twitter, like Woj saying that the season got shut down. Right. And everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> this is weird. Oh, I, was, uh, I was actually – I was in Jamaica, like right like when COVID started getting like really bad, when like they uh, they closed – they like shut down international travel like the day that we like – like right when we landed like back in America, like they shut down international travel. Like we just got back in time. So it was, it was a crazy time. That Yeah, that's weird because that was like the last college – like college – experience i mean because i don't count the, the zoom classes we did for a couple months like that was really the last memory i had of college right i mean like that's like the last that was i guess it was like the last hurrah kind of have you still have you guys had graduation yet In- no we i'm we not had an undergraduate graduate i think like you could have gone for like they had virtual graduation i don't think i think like maybe like 2020 grads can come like the 2021 graduation but that's i mean I'll, I'll have my graduate school graduation so i'll just be doing that yeah. Luis, any, uh, any, I don't even know, anything going on in your life that you need to let the listeners know about? Nothing's new. Any, okay, what about what? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, there's nothing going on. There's not, there's not much going on right now. I mean, if you had, if you guys had to pick a winner to, to the game, who are you going? No, no betting, just, who you ride? Who 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 who's your pick? Kansas City. I mean, I think I I think I also got to go with Kansas City just 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 because of the Mahomes factor. I I said it in the last pod. I'll say it in this one. 
I'll bet on Mahomes until he proves me wrong. Not probably won't bet on on this game, but I'll take the Chiefs as well in my pick. Yeah, pretty. And I kind of like the under. I don't know. It's like fifty-five. Everyone keeps hammering the over. I just it's it's a lot of points, and we'll, we'll take the we'll take the under. I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see Tyreek Hill pop three hundred. And I'm think I don't think Todd Bowles will be running much single high safety this. Uh, I bet he doesn't get over 120. I like, I like that number. Klein, are you a Grizzlies fan or are you a Hawks fan? I'm a Grizzlies fan. Okay, yeah. Are you, how are you feeling about the team this year? I'm pretty excited. I almost went to the game last night uh, because it was in Indianapolis. Yeah. So, But I didn't end up going. It's kind of a good thing I didn't because they were – I probably watched John Morant's worst career game. So I, it would have been John Morant's worst career game. But, you know, the team, you know, they missed around – a week and a half, maybe more because of COVID. And, uh, you know, they came back, they won two in a row. They beat Spurs back-to-back games. It's always good to go beat Greg Popovich. It's always a soundly coached team. So you got to love that. Need Jaron to come back. Really, really need that. Uh, he can't play any defense. I, I mean, he can't rebound, but uh, he obviously can play defense. That's the strength of his game. He, yeah, but he can't rebound, but, you know, he'll give uh, that versatility on offense. You know, I really like what Kyle Anderson's been doing. He's actually shown an ability to to shoot mm-hmm. now. I mean, so you, you got to like what he's doing. Uh, I still hate Dylan Brooks. I'll always hate Dylan Brooks. Um, I think Desmond Bain should be starting over him. He's leading the league in three-point percentage. So, you know, uh, things looking up there. Uh, I really thought maybe when Ja got hurt that we'd be in the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes, but uh, that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, I I hope maybe they can sneak into – I think they'll be able to get into the play-in tournament for the playoffs. I think it's like the 10 through the 8 seed or – the uh, 7 through 10. 7 through 10 play for the last two playoffs. They got that John Morant dude. Might be like seven through ten or, or seven through eleven or twelve because top six teams are in, and then seven, eight, nine, ten. No, yeah. I think it's seven through ten compete for the last two playoff spots. We'll definitely be top ten in, in the West, right? So I think they'll be top ten in the West, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see what they do. I mean, at that point, just just play your hearts out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do like what they're doing. You got to get those young guys' experience. A guy really young nucleus. I really. Valanchunas is a, is a good veteran to have in the locker room. I think that, you know, they could co- go into the playoffs and maybe steal a game at home from from a Jazz team or, or a Lakers team, maybe take one game on the road. I mean, at home, but, uh, you know, that's all they're doing. That's fine. No expectations for them to do anything, but. They're, it was just, it's nice to have the Grizzlies be fun to watch again. And I'm re- like, it's, I, I still can't believe that the Grizzlies got a player as talented as John Moran, like a, a superstar, like a genuine face of the NBA. It just – it it feels weird, the Grizzlies, Memphis, having a player of that caliber. I'm just not well, it, feels, it feels weird having them go around and play a fast-tempo offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I mean, now that Jaws back there, they're running a faster tempo. But, you know, but while he was hurt, they had the number four defense in the league. So you go back to, like, that grit and grind. But, like – you know, when, when Jaron comes back, you got Bain running around the perimeter, catch and shoot three off the screen, like not used to probably like he might be our best three-point shooter we've ever had since Wayne Ellington that we had for 25 games. So like, I mean, he's, he's leading the league in three-point percentage and he's taken like four a game. Like he's not right. some guy that's yeah. taken two a game. He's taken, he's taken them. He's had 65 attempts, I think. So, yeah. I mean, we're just fun to watch. 
defense, I still think we need a, a, a perimeter wing defender type guy. And we'll see what happens. Key thing this year is just get that, get some playoff experience for the guys, for Jaw and Jaron, and then just build on that, build on it year after year. Keep rotating the bench or the role players, getting that right. I think we really have a nice young nucleus and they're all seem to get along really well. So just keep building on that, make the pieces right. We're close. I mean, we're a couple of years away from being contenders in the West. Um, which is exciting. And who knows if the Grizzlies ever win the finals, which I just want it to happen maybe once in my lifetime, that'll be, I'll drop everything and go to the parade in Memphis. That'll be the day. Well, you know, you got that young nucleus and you got no max contracts. You know, Memphis isn't a destination, but you know, you see, you see young guys like Jaron Jackson and John Moran, older veterans uh, are going to want to play with young talent that's exciting. I think, you know, having that, that cast base, these guys on rookie contracts, you bring in a guy like uh, DeMar DeRozan, maybe, you know, he's not a three point shooter, but you know, he's a veteran presence locker room. He can score. He's athletic. He can play defense. Uh, maybe someone like that comes in. I don't know. Maybe you just need someone on the wing. Maybe uh, the people were talking about trading Jaron Jackson, Bradley Beal, which just makes no sense. But, uh, but, you know, trying to maybe get someone down the line that, Maybe a really good player that isn't as good as he was before, but still worth a really good, a really good chunk of money. Uh, obviously, not someone like Chandler Parsons, but uh, you know, someone that they can bring in and then uh, can contribute. Yep, exciting feature for sure, Luis. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's, that's, it is what it is, man. I mean, just build, build, build. I mean, I mean, it's early NBA, so we'll see what happens in the season. Er- if you have an MVP pick right now, Luis, who would it be? Oh, wait, I, that's a dumb question. MVP pick? I'm going to take a oh. – <laughs> you know, you know my stance, but I, I'll do different. I think the listeners know I'm a LeBron sexual, even though I think LeBron should be the MVP every year. But I'm going to go take uh, that boy uh, Embiid Joel. Joel of Embiid, you yeah. know? Or, you know, Curry Steph. Or Jason Tatum. If Embiid maintains the way he's playing right now, yeah, he'll be the runaway MVP. But don't sleep on Jokic. I think there's probably some value on on uh, on DraftKings, whatever, for MVP odds. I mean, dude, he's not going to end up averaging a triple double because he's lacking in the in the assists. But as of recently, but you saw in in, in that game on Sunday against Utah, he dropped like 30 points in the first half. I mean, this this guy, and he's going to be the best passing big man of all time. He's probably going to end up averaging like 28, 12 and seven this year. I mean, and if that team gets a top four seed in the West, he can, he can push if Embiid falls off, but early returns Embiid is actually in good shape. And this is the version of Embiid that everyone has been waiting for since he's been in the league. And it's exciting to see him play well. And he seems happy, which is nice because he's one of the most criticized players in the league. Um, and I just like seeing players, you know, play well and enjoy enjoy what they're doing. So you know, on Embiid, I mean, it kind of shows that all that all they needed was a coach that could come in there and command respect, right? So you got that in Doc Rivers, and I really think that's galvanizing a lot of those players because you know Brett Brown just wasn't it. 
And that's sad to say, because I think a lot of the players did like him. The organization liked him. He was there in the process days, but, you know, bringing in Doc Rivers, uh, you know, really galvan- can really galvanize the troops. And I think it has, but, uh, you know, I, I agree. Luis, I am a huge LeBron fan. I, I, I guess I would also be a bronze sexual, as you say, but, you know, he would be my pick for MVP. I mean, that, that, that team is clearly the best team in the NBA and, I know people say, oh, I don't care about his age. Or, you know, he's almost 35 years old doing the things he's doing. But, you know, they, they don't call it best player in the league award, right? Because if it was just the best player in the league, then it would go to LeBron every year. But it's the MVP award, the team, uh, the player that is most valuable to their team's success, that if you took them out of the equation, they would probably be in contention for the first pick. So, you know, I think Embiid is a really solid choice. I really like Jokic also, so. Yeah, and he's he's clearly trying for it this year. You know, he's not taking those games off. He's playing every game, and he he's playing hard. He's, you know, little things like the thing the guy in Cleveland saying something at the end of the third quarter, or uh, that, that was Hawks, I think that was. Oh no, that was um. So it was the end of the third quarter when he was playing at Cleveland. It's the GM or something. Oh oh oh, oh oh yeah. And then the Hawks, that steroid guy. If he's yeah. that, that, that's, that's great. I love that. That was funny, but he, he's trying for it and if he wins another MVP and only adds the legacy and all that, he, he knows there's a narrative behind this and he wants to, he's clearly trying to bolster his resume um, to, you know, be in the conversation as the greatest player ever. And he's well aware of everything that comes with that. So I think he's, he's definitely pushing for it and probably will end up winning. It's very, it's a very narrative driven award. Well, uh, LeBron is already my goat, so I, he has nothing left to prove for me. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. But yeah, well, well, uh, that's that's another debate for another podcast. But everyone's sick of hearing that debate, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up. If I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to talk about or. Yeah, I mean, just real quick shout out. Uh, follow me on Twitter, NFL. I'm over 60% on my props this year. So uh, J-C-L-E-I-N-NFL is my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, I do an analysis on uh, NFL football prop bets. Uh, I write for uh, Sports Blog Online, Final Verdict Sports. So I post uh, articles on there periodically. I'll have my article posted tomorrow, which will be Thursday. For my props for the Super Bowl, referring to uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. So, uh, so, so trail me on there. Follow me on Twitter. I, uh, I got some, people tell me I have some pretty good picks. So, uh, and they're all free. So, they are. I've been tailing a lot of them and making some money. So it's literally it's money, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what more could you want? You literally, if you're in a state with legal betting, or if you have a friend that is in a state with legal betting, hit them up. Follow mm-hmm. the props. You're, you're pretty much. I mean, I can't say guaranteed to make money, but there's a very good chance you will make money. Are you gonna Are you gonna be doing any NBA stuff uh, as you know we move into the NFL offseason or any other sport you're looking at? Uh, maybe I have a friend that's big in the NBA. I mean, I'm big in the NBA, but he has more analytical mind towards towards the NBA. So I might refer to him. I might work him together for stuff. But uh, you know, I'll I'll have some NFL draft props when 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 the, when the time comes. So uh, the, those will come out there. I've I've already been doing some some scouting on uh some NFL stuff. I might release some uh some pre-draft i might release some mock drafts maybe some some pre-draft uh you know um prospect fits for all 32 teams so we'll 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 see uh when the time comes but uh yeah so look for that for me i'll I'll be uh i'll be posting we'd love to see it uh luis as he puts on a bandana mask thing um thanks for coming on for this one luis uh 
Anything so, you got to plug or any, any final words here? Sahara 2022. Sahara 2022, as we all know, and he drops the mic on that. All right, be sure everyone to yeah, follow us on 2021. My bad. 2021. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Critics Corner. Uh, no caps, no spaces. Always coming out with new content. Be sure to check out our most recent episode with our friend, study broad friend Stella from um, last week. Me and Armand were on that one. We'll always be coming with some new content, feeling a movie podcast. But Klein, thanks for hopping on with us again, sharing us your wisdom um, when it comes to NFL and NFL betting. Um, we'll definitely have to have you come back on again sometime soon. Absolutely. I want to come on before the draft. We got to talk draft with Luis if he's all about the draft and free agency. We'll have to we'll have to talk about some fits and some prospects and maybe a mock draft or two. So I'll have a list. Of, I'll have yeah. a list talking about my boy. Uh, I got I got a couple of prospects I really do like, but we'll keep that. Luis is the 2K GM, my GM NFL franchise mode guy. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, good luck in your Super Bowl bets this weekend. Um, stay away from that money line, stay away from the spread and bet props. Um, and yeah, catch you guys next time. Peace out. Yeah.